Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45 minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment. So you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Cowboy meal valid when product served. Episode number 85 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Brown. Joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all of the gaming industry with me, Dustin Galker with me, Adam Candy. Our first joint podcast of the new year 2021 is here. Hopefully you are already subscribed and you have rated and you have reviewed. If you have not, please do that over on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. Appreciate it. Help us climb up the charts. More people can find this very podcast you want to follow dustin at dustin galker you want to follow adam at adam candy that is two e's no y if you want to follow me because you hate yourself at matt brown m2 guys we are starting off the new year with a very very big story here finally finally it looks as if we might be heading towards mobile wagering in the great state of new york dustin are you doing backflips? Are you doing cartwheels? When you read this news, did everything at the at the Galker household shut down? I was do, I was doing backflips for like uh, I don't know like a quarter of a day before I learned that they're trying to muck it up. Honestly, it was we thought <laughs> we thought it, it looked good. It sounded good when we first, the initial news came out that the governor there was going to support online betting in the in the budget, and then and then like everything, the devil is in the details, right? And it started becoming less. Let, both less likely and less appealing if they do it. So uh, I'm sure we're going to get into details here, but it, it's it's interesting. It's on the table, but there are a lot of unanswered questions about what's going to go on in New York. Yeah, Adam. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get into those details. Um, how did this come about? Why was everybody super excited? And then why did that excitement turn into a sense of kind of meh? You know, this was a strange day, if only for the fact that I had to update my Cuomo power rankings twice. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I had moved Andrew in front of Chris and it lasted like 12 hours. And Chris Cuomo is back in front now after we found out from Governor Andrew Cuomo that in order to try to fill a multi-billion dollar budget deficit hole, he has finally softened his opposition on mobile sports betting, which we know has been one of the biggest impediments to getting mobile in New York for years upon years now. So the governor uh, let out the information that he wants to do sports betting via mobile, which initially we heard was going to be tethered to the existing casinos, which would have made it for the four existing casinos, potentially a fifth with MGM and then the tribals uh, that are in the state. And we know there are existing partnerships for retail. And then the rest of the details came out where the governor wants to do this apparently as 
similar to what we've seen in other states that run through the lottery, a single operator model where the state gaming division puts out a request for proposal, you end up choosing one operator, you don't have a competitive marketplace. Um, and it's based on the, I'll call it at best misguided, at worst laughable idea that you're going to get 10 times the amount of revenue for the state by going with a single operator model as opposed to having an open competitive marketplace. The direct quote, we want to do sports betting the way the state runs the lottery where the state gets the revenues. Many states have done sports betting, but they basically allow casinos to run their own gambling operations. That makes a lot of money for casinos, but it makes minimal money for the state. And I'm not here to make casinos a lot of money. I'm here to raise funds for the state. So we have a different model for sports betting. So, Dustin, listen, is it out of the question here that you can make a lot of money for the state while also providing the best product for your constituents? Because I mean, this is what we have seen over and over again with these, with the single provider stuff is that it's, there's no, there's absolutely no incentive to, uh, to innovate. There's no incentive to put out, you know, good lines. There's no, all this, the problems are endless. I mean, are, are we, is, are we stuck to this like backward thinking here from Cuomo? I don't know. I mean, we, anybody who claims to know a lot about what's going on in New York politics is probably lying to you. So we, we can only read tea leaves of, of what of the information that we have of what Cuomo said, what he's going to put in the budget. Maybe this is a bargaining chip. Here's the thing. Yes, you can make more more money for the state by doing it X way. I, you know, I, I, you know, I think we'd all agree that, you know, having a, a throttled market with one operator, we have, we have not seen that work really anywhere, you know, that has done it. It's been, you know, here in Oregon, we have a monopoly not doing that well. Uh, you can, you can argue, you know, rather right, 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 not doing well. You can argue New Hampshire, which is partnered with DraftKings and gets 50% of the, the revenue there, but they're, they're not doing badly. So there, you know, there's, there's a way to do this, but the optimal way, yes, is to license multiple operators, have a competitive marketplace, and to allow, yeah, allow for the market to happen. Not just, you know, not have a have a single operator that a single monopoly operator that is not maybe incentivized to do a lot for the to cut into offshore markets and to to attract the most players. So, you know, it's there's a lot of again a lot of devil in the details of what New York is actually going to do, whether they end up with this this monopoly model or not. Um, but I, I think it's fair to say what we're seeing so far is is perhaps not. I mean, yes, it'll make money for the state. Is it the optimal way to do it? No, absolutely not. Adam, whenever he says something, you know, about that, you know, I'm not here to make casinos a lot of money. I'm here to raise funds for the state. So we have a different model for force. But like, isn't this being really naive? in the whole grand scheme of things, because running a sports book, isn't something that you just know how to do. We know, like we know, hell, there are people that are doing it right now that have been doing it for, for decades that we think don't do it right. And don't think do it well. So, I mean, the thought that it's like, Oh yeah, no, we'll just, we'll just open a sports book. We'll run ourselves. Everything will be perfectly fine. Isn't that a bit naive of a guy that, you know, look, this isn't the first time sports betting has been brought up. Like you would think that he would be more well-versed on all this than to make kind of a statement like that. I understand where you're coming from, Matt. I think there's a political calculation involved in the way that he made that statement because you can't just go from this is terrible. This will never do anything for our state. You know, this doesn't make anything for New Jersey to 
you know, let's throw the doors open and basically do what little brother next door has been doing for the last three years. I think there has to be for Cuomo a way to step it down and say, okay, well, I'm willing to do it, but I'm not going to do it the way Jersey's doing it, where you get three skins for every casino. We're going to do this in a way that's best for New York. And whether that proves to be the way he truly wants to do it or whether that is a beginning negotiation point remains to be seen. It's a question as to what he'll let through, uh, not only in terms of pressure on the legislature, but what he might ultimately sign. Because we know that there were bills submitted already that would have uh, a more open marketplace, that would have a 12% tax rate, that would have um, potentially an integrity fee, the first in the country, to the league. So you know that came out of the legislature already, and now Cuomo hasn't put all the details of his proposal out. But I think what we saw in terms of the misguided aspect, as you mentioned, Matt, is what the budget director in New York, Edward Mujica said about sports betting. First of all, he said they want to make $500 million a year uh, on sports betting. Look around the country. That is not a realistic goal without a significant amount of handle. We estimate it would take between 18 and $22 billion of handle to produce that kind of revenue in New York. Now, when we talk about that competitive marketplace, let's look at one other thing. In order for New York to make sense, you have to be recapturing that estimated 20% of New York that is currently betting in New Jersey, plus you need to be capturing some of the black market. Those are the only ways you're going to be able to do this. And doing a single operator model operated by either the State Gaming Commission or the lottery does not suggest you're going to be able to do that because you're not giving those customers options. You're not giving the bigger players, your whales, an opportunity to come and play some onshore in a way that they haven't before, or to potentially move their business from FanDuel in New Jersey, let's say, to DraftKings or somewhere right. else in New York, right? That's really the goal with all of this in the long run, because the casual player will be there likely no matter what. But when we talk about making significant revenue, when you read about these six-figure bets and so on like that, that most of the time are going to be uh, preferable for the house, those are larger betters that you need to cater to in a way that that single operator model really doesn't. Yeah, and that was the the point. I'm glad you went there because that was the, the next thing I was going to bring up is like, you know, the a lot of this should be not only creating new dollars in New York, but it also should be bringing some of the dollars back that are that are flooding out of the state right now. And you brought up New Jersey and that was going to be where I was going with this is, you know, listen, if you put out an inferior product and somebody is a and somebody is a very, you know, a savvy better, a bigger better or a frequent better. They've already gotten the they've already gotten down the process of how they go about betting in New Jersey with the multiple books. They've got down, you know, riding the subway over whatever it might be, riding the train over, turn around, coming back home. They've worked this into their lifestyles already. If you don't give them a compelling product to make that switch and Adam, you and I living here in, in Nevada, we kind of know this. We have there are options here and and stuff. Um, you know, if you don't give somebody a compelling reason to switch, they're probably not going to at least those betters that you're talking about, the sophisticated guys, the frequent betters, the bigger dollar betters. If uh, if they like what they've got at DraftKings or FanDuel or points bet or whatever, and they take that short little train ride over and come back home, and it's only an you know an hour out of their out of their way each day. I don't know how many of those guys you're going to convert putting out a, a, a product that's not as good as those. And when we talked, Matt, about first mover advantage, when these markets started up in 2018, it wasn't necessarily about being the first mover in that market 
only for that market, right? It was when only for New Jersey, because if you have a, an opportunity to really cater to your VIP customers, to your bigger betters, to the folks who are going to generate more revenue for you, then you have established a relationship. And that relationship means more than just about anything, because that's going to be what guides someone to keep coming to you, as opposed to opening up one product in New York. And I'm going to throw a name out. Let's just say it's Sportsbook X. We all we all know Sportsbook X. And you've got some folks who think that Sportsbook X is quick to limit people. Sportsbook X bans people, right? Well, that would mean that if somehow New York chose Sportsbook X because they offered the best revenue share in their RFP, you're already starting at a disadvantage with a significant portion of the betters. So there are major considerations that have to go into doing this single operator model. And most of them, if you line them up against doing a competitive marketplace, are not going to bear out an advantage. And Dustin, finally here, I mean, look, he's talking about doing this and keeping all of this money within the state. I mean, let's look at Pennsylvania. We didn't think that people were going to want to operate in Pennsylvania because of the uh, you know crazy license fees that was going to be involved and all the things like that. I mean, New York, we know, would instantly come in and be the number one market. It's not even a question. There's just the population. We know the sports fans. We know how much money is already flooding out of the state into New Jersey. I mean, you could charge the, the the money that you think you're going to make from the single operator angle, you would make that up and then some uh, just in licensing fees in multiple in, in licensing multiple books within the state and then the renewal fees each and every year. So, like, I don't I don't think that this has been completely thought through. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that that sounds about right. I mean, we also I mean, the dynamic here is we don't also haven't seen this this report, this mythical report from uh, Spectrum Gaming that the, the New York Commission about a billion years ago. Um, we don't we don't there's no way somebody said, you know what, you want to do sports betting optimally in New York. You, you do just one operator and put it up for an RFP that that can't possibly that, that is no, there's no 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 world in which that's the best way to do it. But you're right. I mean. Operators have proven. I mean, uh, with the caveat that Pennsylvania is you know, has it didn't wasn't growing in, at least in the last month, it, it it tailed back. But yes, people will pay the tax rate. People will pay the absurd licensing fees. People will do that to get into New York. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that they would pay through the nose to get access to the New York market. You know, especially if it's a even a, a more limited market. If we're really only talking for a, a skin purchase casino. You know, we already know who those operators are. That that would people would pay for that. They would they would the the right now that's the holy grail of the market. We're we're waiting. Florida and California are pipe dreams. Texas, uh, who knows? You 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 if you're selling growth as a sportsbook operator right now, you'd have to be in New York. So you will pay whatever amount of money it takes to get that, as long as you can still you know make a little bit of money on the margins by uh, on top of the tax rate and license fee. So. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I again, I don't. I'm not sure this is the end all be all. If this is the, if this is really the proposal that that Cuomo and Cuomo's not going to budge off of it, I don't think it happens this year. Is my is my sense? It's too. This is the first time this model has been brought up. The you know there's there's wide acceptance between uh, you know industry and lawmakers of what was going to happen in New York and how kind of how it happened that it would run through the casinos. It has to be that way, kind of constitutionally. That's why you're seeing this an existing operator through a, that partners with the casino. That's why that's being done. So 
there's a lot there's a lot to to still happen here we don't this is hopeful uh, i'm hopeful that this is not a done deal but if this is this is if this is the final and best offer from Cuomo, i think i think we're waiting for uh, at least a, another year or two for new york online sports betting so let's move on here to Intane. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, do not worry. It has not been Intane very long. It is uh, formerly GVC. If you are uh, now starting to smell what I'm stepping in here, we have uh, the partner of MGM, where MGM uh, partnered up with GVC. If you know, you know, <clears throat> Ladbrokes brand over overseas and whatnot is uh, their sports betting partner. And what we saw was it did not take very long for them to start basically running the entire company side of things from a sports betting standpoint. Their their app, their their guys, their key players all got set into place here. And um, similar to what we saw with Caesars and William Hill, Dustin, there was a, a move trying to be made by MGM as well. Yeah, so we saw uh, reports coming out that uh, Entain turned down uh, a takeover bid from MGM Resorts uh, to the tune of $11 billion. That's obviously a lot of money. They are, yes, they are partners uh, for uh, online gambling here in the United States. Uh, Roar Digital, which I think actually recently rebranded to BetMGM uh, entirely uh, over here in the U.S. So this is this is a play, you know, for MGM to kind of get all the upside of of the of the online gambling business because right now it's a, obviously a split endeavor between the two companies. Uh, they initially turned it down. Uh, their the, the the stock price jumped a lot right right as uh, this got turned down, which makes it at least seeming seem like MGM may would come back and up its offer, or at least people think they will. Um, you know, if you're, you know, this, this is what we've seen in the U.S. You want to, you want to, if you want to control what you're doing, you know, you don't right now. MGM does not have full control. If it is really all in on, on online betting, and I'm, and, and it certainly looks like they are, you know, between casino and sports betting, they are. This is a, a major part of what they want to do moving forward. They're going to be in PSA. Jamie I mean, Fox for crying out loud, right? right? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, come on. Yeah, and you know, we I know from people who are in states with with MGM with uh, the MGM sportsbook app that it's nonstop. You you get bombarded with this. People see this. Uh, people see the brand all the time, and they are they are making a real play. So if this is this is a major part of what MGM Resorts is doing uh, moving forward, then. It, it makes a lot of sense. It also, you know, puts a little bit more of the international MGM too. This this gets them into online gambling in a real way, uh, you know, outside of the U.S. too. So, you know, it, on top level, it certainly makes a lot of sense. Will it happen? Uh, definitely remains to be seen. But that was it, uh, it. It seemed like a serious offer, but was quickly rejected apparently. And we'll we'll see if it gets up and if this happens or if they just stay the course, which I don't think would be the it would it wouldn't be the end of the world for either company. But MGM obviously sees some upside in owning the whole business. Adam, we've seen this take place once already. Caesars partnered with William Hill uh, to be their sports betting partner. Then they went in and they decided to go ahead and take over William Hill. And um, so with all that, we're, that's hence the reason we're seeing all the, you know, Caesars sports book powered by William Hill, et cetera, et cetera. For MGM, you come in and you look and you say like, okay, what is the upside here for, for us and all this? And, you know, I think that there's probably some people within the room who are saying, listen, if we own the company, then we own everything. We own the software. We own the back end of everything. We own the key tech people with all of this. And, you know, making, making, um, 
you know, making moves, getting things done, making switches, making improvements, all the different stuff like that seems like it would streamline the process if you own this stuff as opposed to like putting in requests for it to be getting done. And as you know, as MGM continues to expand into these states and new markets open up and all that, I think that that is probably just helps your your business and streamlines your business as well. Flutter slash Patty Power slash Betfair slash FanDuel, DraftKings slash SV Tech. Like this has been the movement, right? Is to be in control of your tech stack, to own everything under one umbrella. I think the interesting part for MGM after having this uh, multi-billion dollar bid rejected is that they're willing to take on a much broader gambling business than just you know, what Entain brings to their joint partnership, right? I mean, this is a company that has interests all over the world, and this would get MGM fairly heavily invested in that, uh, whether they would ultimately still try to have a US-only way of doing things uh, remains to be seen. But, you know, it's, it's a big, big wager for MGM to do that. And it, we'll see. I, I hate to, you know, just throw the we'll see caveat out there, but, you know, I can't see where Entane is going to sell this thing lightly, especially when it comes to the potential for the U.S. market opportunity, which we really don't even know what the ceiling is yet for a company with the means of MGM and a joint venture uh, like that of Roar Digital. Let's talk another one of the kind of, I guess we can go ahead and just say, you know, what are the minor players in the industry right now? Because it is, they are definitely minor. Um, Churchill Downs, you obviously know that from the horse racing world and know that from the Kentucky Derby, but Churchill Downs also has a gaming division. And with that, they had partnered up. It was, uh, you know, Bet America was their sports betting brand, Adam. But we got news um we got news a couple of days ago that the Bet America name will not be around much longer. Was the Bet America name ever really around? <laughs> like, I, think that's I know. The I know. Question. Yeah. Um, so Churchill Downs International is the company, and they were using the Bet America brand. It was making very little impact in the states they were in, and they'll ultimately now go with Twin Spires, uh, which this is a play ultimately to try to leverage. The horse betting, uh, I don't want to say empire that they have, but the horse betting business that they have, which is a stronger horse betting business, and to be able to try to cross-sell back and forth between horse players and sports and maybe use something that's a little more recognizable, at least in one area of the industry. And that's understandable. And, and quite honestly, I can remember back in 2018 when these things were first getting started, I can remember having an opportunity to mess around a little bit with the Bet America products. And quite honestly, even in a market where we've said there are some products that need to develop and evolve, this felt particularly primitive. So, you know, um, whether, you know, whether we're just putting a fresh coat of paint on something or whether this leads to a more meaningful change for an operator that really has not made an impact thus far remains to be seen. But uh, it certainly seems like a smart move given the lack of success that the brand has had to, the, to date. Yeah, it was, um, you know, look, it's kind of one of those situations, Dustin, where it's, uh, you know, what's the harm in trying, I suppose, because I mean, Bet America literally was just like not I wouldn't even it wasn't even a blip on on the radar so far. We've probably mentioned it twice over the course of the whole time we've been doing th this podcast. I mean, that's how little of an effect that it's had kind of on anything that's going on in the sports betting market. So I guess you probably just look at it and say, like, what can this possibly hurt? Because at least we do have the the Twin Spires online 
horse racing brand. And if that can get us even somewhat crossover, it's probably better for customer acquisition than we're getting with Bet America. Yeah, I mean, the better uh, we were spitballing this the other day, like Bet America brand sounds better, but it all is it's almost like too generic, right? It's like Bet America, like, I yeah. don't know, you, you don't, there, it, it didn't, it didn't transfer into the national consciousness as ever. It's a smaller brand, even for, for horse betting. So, yeah, you you go with you go with a, a brand that's apparently a little bit better recognized. You know, I think you know if you're into sports, you'll recognize that logo when you you know when when you see it. So there there's there's something there. Does that does it make a huge difference in the bottom bottom line? No, you got There's a, they have to do a lot of other things other than rebrand to to become a, a player. They have to start spending on marketing. They have to. I mean, yeah. I mean, we. Like I know they exist, but uh, you know they they haven't really. That's because any. we're we live it though, right? right? right it's like right. like we're in the bubble. I I guarantee you, if we were to the average Joe in you know there are several states that they're actually available in. Like if 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 we ask the average Joe, I am guessing we would get. I've never heard of that. That yeah, network. I mean they they've just kind of launched and and that's it. And they are yeah, I mean trail badly. Uh, any of the major top tier providers, even even the middle providers, usually they're just not they're just not doing much to build that business now are they playing a long game and hoping they can do that later maybe i mean this is this is not a small company obviously if they they put the will into it but that will does not currently exist so right now it's you know open up the doors see what happens and uh you know we'll, we'll see what this new branding does Adam, we have, uh, you know, we know about the states that are that we expect to come online uh, soon. And we've talked uh, multiple different times here on the podcast about Kentucky, some good, some bad, some otherwise. What do we know about Kentucky as we sit here on the 7th of January? This was mine, mine. I'm taking oh, it. I'm taking you it. You take it. Taking it back. You take it, Dustin. <laughs> uh, you Kentucky, take it. Uh, Kentucky, I mean, we had, had something Good happen. We have the the governor saying that sports betting should be legalized this year. Governor Governor Andy Bashir. Here's the quote, uh, not the whole quote, but I'll, I'll, some of it. Uh, the fact is, you can drive right across the border, virtually any of our borders, on your cell phone, make a bet, and a dollar or a percentage of that bet is going to go to those states for their roads and bridges, for their schools and for other needs. The fact that we haven't done it at this point is not only silly, but puts us at a competitive disadvantage. I I would uh, argue that he is absolutely a hundred percent right. Like you're 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 just missing out at this point that's you can say this uh, really if you're any state and you if you need money for anything you should you know this is not a this is a way to not create a, a new tax on people this is a way to create something new uh and you don't have you in parallel you don't have to cut something else you're creating new revenue for the state uh but it's you know it's uh, still problematic we, we we've talked to representative adam koenig who's been uh, sh- shepherding this bill in the past he was earlier uh kind of bearish on this happening so we'll see there's you know they want to put do full casinos uh in kentucky as well they have a short legislative session does all of this translate into action uh again we've been doing a lot of i guess we'll see but that's you know there's gonna be a lot of that here in, in with with states and you know none of these are done deals they have shots at it and you know certainly the governor uh saying hey yes i want this uh that's that's not that's a not a negative that's a that's a positive and you know maybe it manifests itself in action if not this year in the near future now we will go to the velvet voice of adam candy and he's going to let us know about tennessee uh tennessee one of the interesting states as we mentioned has no had no gambling before sports betting came about so that everything was going to be 
virtual. Everything, you know, there's no physical sports books in anywhere in Tennessee. Everything was going to be done online. We've launched, we're going, we've had, we have a little bit of a case study going on there. And now, Adam, it seems as if more people are trying to get into the mix there in Tennessee. This one's mine. That's, the, <laughs> that, that's how we're starting the story. Right? Mine. Hey, mine. Yes. This one is the uh, Tennessee market that has started off fairly well. Uh, we see that they put up one of the strongest uh, opening months that we had experienced in the U.S. market. And yeah, we're, we're about to get a fifth operator going probably by the Super Bowl. Uh, William Hill is in process here at the moment trying to get themselves up and running in uh, Tennessee. We know that the market opened with four operators and we had the uh, Tennessee Education Lottery Corporation, which runs sports betting in the state, get itself uh, going here with a meeting this week in which they approved Churchill Downs, who we just talked about uh, for getting going. So uh, that would be Twin Spires. So we would add Twin Spires to the market, uh, then potentially William Hill. We know that there are applications in from WinBet and a newer company called Zen Sports. Uh, interesting note out of the meeting that uh, Zen Sports is a peer-to-peer marketplace. And there were some questions from the uh, advisory council, according to our Matt Waters, where they're trying to understand what the concept of a peer-to-peer marketplace looks like. And it certainly would be something that would make me suggest, hey, uh, you might want to get everybody comfortable with the way sports betting works in the first place in a traditional sports book setting before you try to get them into these second-level derivative sorts of ideas. Yeah, I think that that was going to be my takeaway from that is like, all right, look, we're we've just started this here in Tennessee. So maybe let's not overwhelm everyone and start throwing these whole, you know, peer to peer markets. So which, by the way, would be unique for this, the sports betting market in the United States across the board. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you there, Adam. I think 100 percent that that's something that we need to uh, that we need to just throttle back on a little bit and make sure that everything is running smoothly there first i thought you know one of the other interesting things i guess is just that the uh win bet being another one of the ones that is uh, applying there dustin the win is one of those you know it's a if you come to vegas obviously you know the win you're you're one of the uh you know five diamond resorts that is here on the strip but as far as the sports betting world it really hasn't uh been a factor here lately i mean johnny uh, Johnny Avello, who used to run that book now over at DraftKings, it was uh, one of the places that took a lot of, you know, a lot of action when he was there and then he left and, uh, you know, you didn't hear much about the win. And it looks like they're trying to kind of get going here in the digital space. Yeah, I mean, they've been kind of working toward this. They have a New Jersey uh, sports book. They they did a partnership. They did a sponsorship of, in NASCAR. They are sort of obviously going live in other states, but they, yeah, this is this is almost a, another Bet America problem, right? Like, yep. Win does not have that kind of cachet. I don't think kind of you know it's not not like an MGM or a Caesars where it's a pretty you kind of associate it with gambling. If you yes, you know the wins in Vegas, you know you know if you're in Massachusetts, there's a Win Casino there. Um, but yeah, you know, the it's so we'll see. It's a lot. It's obviously a long term play too for them. They 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 see you know, well online gambling. That's a thing. We should be getting into this, and, and that's obviously correct. But uh, yeah, without again without uh, some com, some huge will to do it, like you're gonna you're gonna be you know a, a marginal operator at the, at some point. You know they're going they're getting in at least in Tennessee early. There are limited other uh, other operators, but are they you know they're they're going up against all the 
the big three right now of DraftKings, uh, FanDuel, and, and BetMGM. No, still no Barstool there. Some of the other operators not there. So, uh, I mean, we don't. I don't think we think it's going to be a significant uh, amount of amount of the the market there. But you know, if you're going to try, you got to get you got to start somewhere. Uh, and you know, this is this is where that one of those places where that somewhere is is the starting for for uh, for WinBet. Guys, as always, and if you want to follow along with everything that's going on in New York and all the states that we mentioned, all these stories, you can find the full written breakdowns over at LegalSportsReport.com. Cannot tell you enough how you should go over there every day and check out what the new news is going on across the gambling landscape and really some of the best work being done. Uh, Adam, his crew with Matt and John Holden and and, and Brad Allen, all those guys over there uh, really doing an awesome job. So be sure and take in all the written content over there as well. Subscribe, rate, and review. We do appreciate all that. And we're everywhere that you can find podcast out there. Um, if you want to follow Adam at Adam Candy, that is two E's, no Y. If you want to follow Dustin at Dustin Galker. If you want to follow me, you shouldn't. But if you want to, at Matt Brown, M2. For Dustin, for Adam, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. Go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45-minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment, so you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Cabo meal valid when product served. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.